We are here right now for a purpose. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. We might be the generation that makes a change. It's our generation. You know what? As much as I look at this and how hard it's been and how challenging, we were born for this, church. We were born for this time in this generation. You go, Ed, how can you say that so, so confidently? Because you're alive right now. Here we are. We are growing up in some of the most difficult, challenging times, and God has us here on purpose. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You It's been said, when your outlook is bleak, try an uplook. That is, look up. Well, we'll do that today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're in the midst of a four-part series called Hope is Contagious. I think you'd agree, hope is desperately needed and has become an increasing challenge in light of the times we're in right now. But as we'll be reminded today, God has us here for these times and also has instruction for us in His Word to meet the challenge. Here now is Pastor Ed. Take your Bibles, open them, would you please, to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, in a Bible study that I've entitled, Hope in Perilous Times. Hope in Perilous Times. And there's no doubt whatsoever, especially if you've been joining us on our midweek Bible study, there is no doubt whatsoever that we are living in the last days that the last days are upon us, and that the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is near. And that's all our hopes desire. We cry out in our hearts, Maranatha, even so, Lord, come quickly. However, we need to remember that associated with the last days are a lot of difficult times. What Paul told Timothy, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And here we are watching perilous times. Listen to how he describes it in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, but know this, young pastor, know this, church, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And a segment of these folks, listen, will be having a form of godliness, but denying its power. That some of this stuff will even be coming from people that say they're followers of Jesus. He says, against such people turn away. When I say that we're living in the last days, that's not an exaggerated pastor statement. It's just a fact. The world is hurting and angry and lashing out. Violence is in the streets and chaos seems to reign, especially after dark. But it's not just them. Some of you are in deep pain and struggling. Some of you are suffering. 
and dealing with emotions you haven't dealt with before or haven't dealt with in a long time. You're concerned. You're worried about the future. And I know there's a tendency to lash out, even to cry out, to express yourself. You know how easy it is to watch the news broadcast and say, I can't believe they're lashing out. I can't believe what they're doing. But I want you to consider just for a moment how this whole quarantine thing has affected you personally. And I wonder for some listening, when was the last time you lashed out and you screamed across the room or you pounded a table just because you got to the edge and it wasn't reflective of the love of God. You were just mad and upset and impatient, felt like you're not being heard. And on a much smaller scale, of course, it's reflective of that sin nature that's in all of us that unrestrained from the Holy Spirit, unrestrained from the Holy Spirit, we're all going to make bad decisions for the believer living out in the flesh. And part of, what, part of what we watch is a world separated from God. And people separated from God make very sinful decisions. I know there's that tendency to be upset, but also, when frustrations come, it's not just lashing out and getting upset. A lot of people, they tend to withdraw and pull back and just shut down. That's kind of a phrase of just shut down because it's too much and you can't handle it. I'm sure that some of you watching online right now are not here because you're in a high risk and you're not here because you have children. You just can't take being around people right now. You're withdrawing, but you know the Bible says the Bible says that it's foolish for us to isolate ourselves. And it won't do us the kind of good that we think it will. But where you are, it's a hard place. And it's difficult. You could say you have your own perilous times. We live in a time with great pain and suffering and sorrow. Even sicknesses that quickly become great frustrations and faults. And James, as he writes in chapter 5... Here in James, he's writing to a group of weary, scattered believers, encouraging them, but also challenging them that because they're under great duress and they're under great difficulty, doesn't mean they don't need to obey God anymore. As a matter of fact, James takes a strong stand and says, no, because of the condition you're in, God is calling you to a higher level of obedience, a higher level of, of carefulness, a higher level of not showing partiality, a higher level of honoring people. James is saying, look, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But God is calling to you to a greater level of dependence, not less. And that's a great message for the church today. That we might be the generation that makes a change. It's our generation. You know what? As much as I look at this and how hard it's been and how challenging, we were born for this, church. We were born for this time in this generation. You go, Ed, how can you say that so, so confidently? Because you're alive right now. Here we are. We are growing up in some of the most difficult, challenging times, and God has us here on purpose. Notice in James chapter 5, I want to draw out a couple words if you take notes. It'll help us as we continue through this section. I want to just show you a couple words. Turn to James 5 verse 13. Just a couple. This is a Real simple Bible study for us to remember that hope, the root of hope is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how is it that we can have hope in tumultuous times and perilous times? Well, he, he says in verse 13, if anyone among you is suffering, 
Would you mark that word suffering? The original language, that word could also mean afflicted. Are you afflicted? Are you suffering today? You could also write next to it difficult circumstances. That hard times have come. Are you in hard times? You could also write right next to this enduring hardships. Are you, are you experiencing a hardship? Are you experiencing a hard time right now? Are you afflicted, burdened, suffering? God has a word for you. Not only that, notice down in verse 14, it says, is anyone among you sick? We'll get to that in a moment. And the word sick means exactly what you think it means. Physically sick. Like you have a problem in your body that needs medical attention. Sick. But the word also means in other contexts, listen, this is amazing. Write it down, circle it, write in the margins. This word can also be translated powerless. Do you feel powerless today? It can be translated feeble. Do you feel like you're weak and feeble today? Lacking strength. Dealing with infirmity or sickness. Part of our response in perilous times is that we feel afflicted, suffering, difficult circumstances, hardships. We're powerless, feeble, lacking strength. We want our voices to be heard. We want our opinions to be received. And it's in difficult times. You see, tough times have come to this scattered, wandering, weary group of Christians that James is writing to. And for sure, they're going to come to you too. And me. Because Christians suffer. Non-Christians suffer. Sin has caused a lot of damage throughout the years. I know it'd be a lot nicer if Christianity was a pass on pain I know there is this sense in most of us, I wouldn't say all of us, but there's this sense in most of us that the televangelist teaching the false doctrine of the prosperity gospel, there's like, I wish it was true. I wish I could throw a dollar down on the table and get a million back. I wish I could have someone else's faith heal me of every sickness. But that's not reality. That's not biblical truth. Every one of us face difficulty and trial and some of us more than others. Some of us were born into deeper difficulties and trials. Some of us had an easier life and everything in between. It would be really great that, you know, since we're a Christian, we get a pass and only the people that hate God have to suffer. But we all suffer together. Many times when we're in trouble, we're prone to blame it on this and blame it on that. I saw recently in a response to something I posted on Twitter Somebody wrote back, yeah, this whole thing that's going on, all the riots, it's the mainstream media's fault. It is not the mainstream media's fault, whatever that means to you. It is the sinful decision of individuals in all of our lives. We can't blame it on the devil. The devil made me do it. The devil did not make you do anything. That would be convenient. You're standing before God. Why was your life such a mess, Ed? The devil made me do it. And God says, oh, I didn't know that. You get a pass. No, every bad thing I've ever done, I did of my own sinful choice. And it's easy to blame. But blame solves nothing. 
when we begin to take responsibility for our own lives, the Holy Spirit is released in you. And he empowers you. It's like the Lord saying to us as a church, but I've been wanting to do this in you for so long, but you have grieved me. And I've been wanting to do this in you for so long, but you have quenched me. And I'm ready to do it again because God is gracious and compassionate. And he's looking to men and women, boys and girls that follow him, that will learn to live in abiding relationship. God is sovereign. And whether it's the personal pains you're facing right now, or it's the societal pains that we're all facing together, we have to ask ourselves, could God be using this? And the answer is, yes. God works all things together for the good. For those that love him, those that are called according to his purpose, nothing is outside of the sovereign plan of God. No matter what comes into my life, I will trust you, God. I will hold on to you, and I will believe what your word says, that you are taking care of me. And it's interesting that we are so prone to forget that God is at work and that he's working things out according to his purpose. Where are you today? Watching online, listening on the radio, sitting in this room, where are you today? Are you upset with our culture? Are you mad at the government? Are you hurting and grieving over racism? Are you listening to this from a hospital room with a diagnosis? Is everything crashing in around you? Could God be using it? Could he be lining things up for his purposes? We used to sing a song here. It's an old song. We haven't sung it in a long time. But let me quote it to you instead of from mine. It says, My hope is in you, Lord. My strength is in you, Lord. My life is in you, Lord. It's in you. It's in you. We're in him. And he's working things out for his glory and our good. And we get to actively participate in the will of God on the earth today. Hope comes from that sense of knowing the sovereignty of God. In Psalm 38, verse 15, listen, it says, For in you, O Lord, I hope you will hear me, O Lord my God. And so I want to give you three things today that James gives us on how to experience hope in the midst of perilous times. And the first one is in verse 13. It says, If any one of you is suffering or afflicted or enduring hardship, if anyone is among you is suffering, let him pray. Point number one is hope comes through prayer. Is anyone suffering? I don't need to have a raising of the hands or anything because I know all of us are suffering in one way or another, facing different things, some worse than others, of course. But he says, if you're suffering, pray. Easier said than done, I know. At face value, it seems simple enough. But really, when we're suffering and when we're afflicted, when we're really going through it, the flesh loves to rise up in our lives. It loves to take root. It's almost like the flesh is saying, this is my time in this weakened state. Most often, it's more like, if any of you are suffering, get upset, get mad, get depressed, write that post, send that email, yell at that person. It's almost like if any of you are afflicted or there's someone afflicting you, go after them, tear them down. Don't let them take any advantage of you. And you know, God predicted that in us. You know that, right? 
Remember back in the Old Testament or what's known as the Old Covenant? Remember that? You remember when he said an eye for an eye? Remember that? An eye for an eye. And the idea is if your eye's gone, go ahead. Justice would be to take their eye out. But rarely, have you noticed, rarely do we desire that type of justice. Usually what we desire isn't quite justice, it's vengeance. And this is what it sounds like. I'll take your eye and a little bit more. Or on a more personal level, you have hurt me so bad and I have hurt for so long. I want you to feel my pain. I want you to feel as bad as I have and a little bit more. And that's the old covenant, eye for an eye. God knew that if he didn't limit it, then there would be, it would be massive. It would never end. It would never end. But we don't live under the old covenant. We live in the new covenant, the covenant of grace, the covenant that is laid before us by the very, every time we take of the communion elements, we're remembering the blood of Jesus Christ that entered us into a new covenant, not of our works, but of his work. And here's what Jesus taught us in the new covenant. It, it is so starting that people don't like it. They don't live by it. And Jesus said this, hey, you know, if somebody strikes you on the cheek, punch them in the gut. No. What does he say? Say it out loud. If somebody strikes you on the cheek, pretty much good variations. Turn the other cheek. Some of you go, well, I only have two cheeks, so the third time, it's over. It's on. But that's not the point. Jesus went on. He said, if somebody asks you for your coat, give them your coat and your tunic. There's a generosity now with pain and hurt. Oh, and not only that, if you're asked to go a mile, what are you supposed to do? We have the phrase, go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. Oh, how about this? You go keep, keep going farther, keep going farther. When you're falsely accused and when you're lied about and when you are brought to the cross, fight your way out of it. No. Jesus laid down his life innocently. You see, if you're not careful, church, you're going to be listening to the wrong book. We have one document, one document that rules over our lives. You know what that document is? The Word of God. One document. We have one shepherd, the good shepherd. And he's not me or you or whatever popular voice. It's one shepherd, the good shepherd, that we hear his voice and we follow him. You see, I believe that hope comes through prayer because prayer immediately connects us to the God of hope, to God who laid down his life, to the God who saw wretched, wicked humanity doing wretched, wicked things. And out of love sent his only begotten son to die on behalf of sinful men and women. And lest we forget, we were the ones Jesus came to die for. Not just they, but we. You and me. Are you afflicted? Hopeless? Pray. Pray. I know this isn't easy for me. This isn't easy for me. No. 
I'm sure it's not easy for some of you. I'd rather fight my own battles. And I've made that mistake too many times. I'd rather give people a piece of my mind, try to argue them into submission. But I'm wrong every time I do that. I'm wrong because our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. It's a spiritual battle. It's in the spiritual realm. We have to fight spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. We don't want to find ourselves in a place of grumbling and grudges. We want to forgive. It's the new covenant. We don't want to find ourselves hypercritical and criticizing. We want to make a change. We want to submit ourselves to God. It's our lives. It's our lives that we control. I mean, think of this. Job in Job 13 verse 15 said, Though he slay me, I'll trust him. All that I'm going through in my personal pain, Job says, I trust God. I think of the psalmist when we learn in Psalm 23, like, like, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. I think of Romans chapter 8 at the end in verse 39. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. Nothing. And that's such an encouraging verse. Job, your faith encourages me. Oh, you know, David, if I ever get to the valley of the shadow of death, your psalm encourages me. Oh, Paul, writing to the Romans, nothing will separate. But you have to understand, there are seasons in our life where we're slayed. And there are seasons in our life where the valley of the shadow of death seems like it will never end. And there are times in our lives that it seems like every force of hell is trying to separate us from the love of God. How about the one that Jesus said? Jesus said something super encouraging. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. He didn't say the gates of hell wouldn't come against the church. And it seems like every demonic attack is unleashed upon you and me, the church of Jesus Christ. But not everybody is going through trials, which brings us to number two, which is kind of cool. It seems a little out of place, but it's not. He says in verse 13, if anyone's suffering, let him pray. Then he says, if anyone's cheerful, let him sing. And so some of you just have the disposition of being encouraging and relatively happy in difficult times. Like you just have that, that personality that it's not that you don't feel like the pain or anything. That's not true. You feel it like everyone else, but you have a disposition where you're cheerful more often than not. And for those of you that are cheerful, what does the Bible say? Sing. And you go, Ed, why? Well, because we need you and we need to hear your voice. Indeed we do, and more than ever. We'll consider more on this and on how to have hope in perilous times next time we're together. You're listening to Pastor Ed Taylor and a message called Hope in Perilous Times. It's one part of a series we've titled Hope is Contagious. And you can hear it again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. And this is Abounding Grace. If you'd like to hear this message or previous studies in the series, stop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen to us through our app. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. We also offer a podcast, and look for that where you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. Each month, we try to pick out a book that we believe can be of some help to your walk with the Lord. And this month, it's Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, authored by Mark Rogop. Now, this book seeks to restore the lost art of lament and will help you discover the power of honest wrestling with the questions that come with grief and suffering. 
We'll send you the book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, when you support Abounding Grace today with a gift of $25 or more. Request it right now when you call us at 877-30-GRACE. That number again is 877-30-GRACE. And please remember, we are listener-supported. Simply put, that means we look to our listeners to help us with the cost of being on the radio. Large or small, your gift will be greatly appreciated and used to point people to the abounding grace found in a relationship with Jesus and through the study of His Word. You can donate to the ministry at AboundingGraceRadio.com or again, call 877-30-GRACE. We continue to live stream our services at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Watch us through our app, website, or on YouTube. That's Saturday nights at 6 p.m., Sunday mornings at 8.45 and 10.45. Study the Word in the middle of the week, too, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. We can tell you more about us at calvaryco.church. Glad you've taken time out today to study the Word with us. And be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor tomorrow for Abounding Grace when we'll pick up where we left off in our series, Hope is Contagious. Blessings to you. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 